You're listening to AIB Market Talk with our latest financial market update. Hello and welcome to our weekly AIB Market Talk and Brexit update on Tuesday the 7th of January. This being the first of the year, I'd like to wish all our listeners a happy new year. I'm John Heffernan from our Customer Treasury Service Unit and I'm joined this week by AIB's Chief Economist, Oliver Mangan, to have a recap of 2019, a look forward to 2020 and we'll have a Brexit update at the end. Oliver. It's fair to say that 2019 was a busy year for financial markets. Can you take us through a quick recap of what went on? It was a stellar year for financial markets. Uh, Stock markets, the record markets were remarkably strong. Uh, The S&P in the States was up by 28%. The Nasdaq, which tracks the high-tech sector, was up by 37-38%. European stock markets were up by 25%. So really, really strong year for stock markets, even though the global economy slowed down. Now, they were helped by the fact that interest rates were cut across the world, which is seen as boosting um, growth prospects over the medium term. And that cut in interest rates also saw a very strong rally in bond markets. In other words, bond yields fell. Uh, The risk appetite in markets was very pronounced. Uh, We saw marked what's called tightening of credit spreads, which means corporates could issue bonds at much cheaper rates. And even the commodity markets, right across the commodity sector, and a very strong year. So virtually every asset class in the financial markets saw very strong gains in 2019. And that's pretty unique to see it across all asset classes. So that's a very high hurl for markets in 2020, and uh, it's going to be difficult to match that. And turning our attention, I suppose, to 2020, what do you foresee for the stock markets, currencies and bond markets Looking into new decade, I'm going to take it 2019 was, as you said, unique and yeah, exceptional. Yeah, exceptionally strong year. Now, I mean, um, the signals for central banks, uh, certainly the major central banks, is that they've completed their easing process. But the Fed and the ECB are very much on hold, having done significant easing last year. So that prop or support that was there for markets uh, won't be present in 2020, or certainly the markets don't expect it to be there. Secondly, um, you know, the OECD, the European Commission, the IMF are warning that, you know, global growth prospects remain subdued, not just for 2020, but for 2021. Now, they're not saying we'll have a recession, but what they're saying is growth weakened in 2018, 2019. It's unlikely we'll see much of a strengthening in 2020, 2021. So what does that mean for markets? Well, I think bond markets have largely priced in uh, that rates are going to remain unchanged. There is a quarter point cut uh, priced in for the U.S., uh, later in the year, but overall, no great change in interest rates. So you wouldn't expect much change in bond markets and also circumstances. And okay, rates are low, and there'll be moderate growth uh, in the coming year. So you're talking about, I would imagine, some modest further gains for stock markets at best. Uh, certainly nothing like the double digit gains, the high double digit gains we saw in 2019. Uh, you mentioned currencies. Um, the outstanding feature of currency markets last year was the narrow ranges that they, that held, particularly for the euro and the dollar. I mean, normally euro dollar range could be fifteen percent, something like that. Last year, you know, euro dollar rate did not move outside the one hundred nine to one fifteen level. The yen also was remarkably stable against the dollar. Again, that's highly unusual, but it reflects the fact that you know, growth slowed everywhere. Central banks were generally easing policy, rates are low. So um, the expectation from market commentators is that we won't get much change in 2020. 
Um, you know, the dollar is at a high level, so it, it's likely to rise further. Um, but at the same time, interest rates are much lower elsewhere than in the US, so it's hard for currencies to make ground against the dollar. Uh, you know, the dollar-euro rate is around 111, 112, right at the heart of the range that has occupied for the last 12 months. And most forecasters expect it to remain around those levels in the coming year. And I suppose moving on to sterling, and I suppose we'll bring this into a Brexit conversation, Ollie. Uh, 2020, um, the UK is expected now at the end of January to obviously finalise the leaving of um, the EU yep. in terms of putting in its um, table to get out to get out and get support in the parliament. Now, Boris has been reported in the press over the weekend as stating that the UK will leave by the end of the year with a deal from the EU. No, by the end of January. Yes, by the end of January they're going to get leave, they're going to leave and by, then enter the transition period, apologies. Uh, by the end of the year, yes. And then by the end of the year they plan to get out under that transition agreement. Do you think that's possible? And how do you think Sterling's going to play in the backdrop? Yeah, well, firstly, the, the one exception to the rule of range-bound currencies in 2019 was Sterling. Sterling was very, very volatile. And against the euro, moved between 83 and 93p. Uh, and really, that was driven by the ebb and flow of information around Brexit. You know, with fears of a hard Brexit or no deal, Sterling weakened. Then we got the withdrawal agreement, then we had the UK election, so Sterling rallied against the euro and against the dollar. Uh, as you say, the UK will leave at the end of January with a deal. Uh, that's that's given at this stage. There's a transition period that lasts un- until the end of 2020. Now, that can be extended for up to two years, but the UK government has ruled that out. It says it will get a trade deal done uh, by the end of 2020. Under what cir- circumstances do you think that's possible? Well, there's considerable doubts about that. And I think what we'll see is as those trade talks progress, they're likely to be, to, to be difficult like last year, where we can expect to see further significant, I think, volatility in sterling. And if the trade talks hit roadblocks or they're not progressing or it looks like we'll have a very poor trade deal or no trade deal at all, well, sterling is likely to come under you know pressure in those sort of circumstances. Uh, now, um, the UK government has ruled out seeking an extension. Uh, I would say Boris Johnson is in a very powerful position within the UK in the sense he won the election with a landslide victory. So it depends what the new Prime Minister wants to do. I mean, if he, if he feels that, you know, a tr- an extension might be in the best interest of the UK economy, I think he'll be able to get that through Parliament. So it's his call. But at the moment, he's ruling out an extension to Brexit, or sorry, an extension to the transition period, uh, and that, you know, they'll have fully left the EU by the end of 2020, conclude a trade deal, etc. That is a very tight timeline to negotiate a full tra- comprehensive trade deal. The only circumstances I see that being um, uh, brought about is, one is if the UK broadly agrees to the type of single market arrangements that are there at the present time. So there's no great trade, no great change to the future trading arrangements. Or secondly, they adopt for a very minimal bare-bones trade deal. Um, 
otherwise, if they if if we enter detailed negotiations by sector, etc., what are we going to do with the services? Normally, trade deals only cover goods. The financial services sector is a big part of the UK economy. Will it be covered? If we get into that sort of detail, well, then it's very difficult to see how the trade negotiations can be concluded in 11 months. Normally, these take five, six, seven years. I think the record has been set by the UK, sorry, the EU and the Canadian trade deal. That took seven years. So uh, there's considerable uncertainty about what the future trade relationship will look between the UK and the EU post the end of that transition period, if the transition period will be extended, if we could get a trade deal done this year. So against that sort of background, you know, it's not surprising that I'm saying we could see considerable volatility in sterling. Yes, Ali, it appears, going by what you're saying, that sterling is going to be the currency in vogue again this year in terms of market moves up and down. Um, on the back of the Brexit situation. Oliver, many thanks, as always, for your valuable insights. As we look ahead to the rest of 2020, we'd like to thank all our listeners for joining us. To stay up to date with all our latest podcasts, please make sure you press the subscribe button to AIB's Market Talk on the podcast apps for iOS or Android. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the latest edition of AIB Market Talk. Allied Irish Bank's PLC is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. First Trust Bank is a trademark of AIB Group UK PLC, authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority. Allied Irish Bank GB and Allied Irish Bank GB Savings Direct are trademarks used under licence by AIB Group UK PLC, authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority.